everyone, and I'd like to welcome you to Three Speech, the entertainment podcast that also follows the rule of three. We've got two friends, three topics, and unlimited pop culture. On today's episode, we are going to be discussing the big three that we have today, which are Netflix's new Sherlock Holmes-based TV show, The Irregulars, just the first three episodes, HBO Max's new Tina Turner documentary, simply called Tina, and an older video game that was recently released to Xbox Game Pass called Octopath Traveler. So I am your host, Jamie. And I'm your host, Lynn. And we would like to welcome you to Three Speech. Now, before we get going, um, we would like to note that we are not professionals in the entertainment industry. We're barely professionals in our own fields. We simply love pop culture and we want to share our thoughts with others who are interested. It's also worth noting that we will be discussing today's subjects in depth. And this means spoilers. So if you are offended by spoilers, you might want to go watch or check out today's menu items before you listen to the podcast. But that being said, before we get into the big three, we'd like to start with our sort of little three, uh, three items of entertainment news that we can discuss. Uh, And we're going to start with one that's uh, near and dear to my heart and near and dear to Elin's heart, which is the return of Elliot Stabler. So um, go ahead, Elin, and tell us about Elliot. That is right. Elliot Stabler is back on Law & Order Special Victims Unit, and he is turning that into a spinoff, Law & Order Organized Crime. Now, I watched it, so you didn't have to. I watched the crossover episode wherein the bad boy of the SVU unit returns and has to deal with some familial issues. Now, if you'll remember, because this show has been on for 20, 21 years. uh, Can I just say really quick, like, I think that that is the most perfect job in all the universe. Like, can you imagine being able to do the same television show for 21 years? And here's the thing, because I fell down the rabbit hole, because as you know, uh, Mariska Hargitay, who I love her. Played, she's she's amazing. She's yeah. been on the show since day one. She makes 13 million dollars a season. For a second, I thought you were going to say an episode and I nearly no, like, swallowed my but, tongue. But no, no still, that's, 13, <laughs> that's incredible. $13 an episode. And she's a producer. Oh, so wow. every it runs you know on on usa or tnt she is just getting money and to be quite honest watching it i love her do not get me wrong i feel like she's just phoning it in at this point like she's like yeah "Yeah, these these people know what to expect um but it was definitely and i know jamie you did not watch it no and this is going to be a fairly common thing for us on uh three speech because Um, some of our tastes in pop culture intersect and then some of them do not. And, uh, but we still respect each other and we respect each other's opinions. And so sometimes we'll have items that we discuss that one of us has seen or played or read and the other has not. And it will allow, uh, the other person on the podcast to sort of put ourselves into the listener's shoes, um, and ask questions that somebody who hasn't, you know, seen something or read something can ask. And right. And the other thing you're going to find, and I'm, I'm sure everyone out there is dealing with this, is there are too many streaming services and you have to choose which ones to have and which ones to not have. And between and, the two of us, we don't have them all. So Right. Right. So there is some, like Jamie was saying, we do have some crossover. Um, I was able to watch it on Hulu because we have both cut the cord on cable. Uh, we are not being in any way paid by Hulu, but if they want to give us a free sh- subscription for life, that wouldn't be bad. I wouldn't say but, that. 
I don't even have Hulu right now. So they could definitely give me one and then I could talk about them more. <laughs> it's you, you would love, I love Hulu. Uh, I was concerned in trying to watch it as I went to go log in. I thought to myself, NBC has the Peacock now. So they might not be dropping new episodes, but lo and behold, it was on Hulu. Now, Jamie, I know you didn't watch it. No. So what do you think would cause Elliot Stabler, who walked away from his job, I don't know how many years ago, because time is fluid. It's and when there's got to be at least, what, 10, 12? It's a long It's a long time. time. So what would happen? That would make him need to come back to New York City and fight crime again. Coronavirus. Ah. No. No. Okay. <laughs> All um, right. Um, oh man. Why would he come back? Why would he what, come back? What if you if you remember Elliot Stabler? He was a family man. He had like a bazillion kids. Yeah, he had like twenty kids. I remember yeah. that. <laughs> he had a lot of children. What do you think? So if the television show was going Shakespearean, did they did they kill his wife? They'd killed his wife. Oh my god, the English teacher for the win. Yes. They killed his wife. It was a car bomb. As we said, oh, spoiler wow. alert, spoiler alert. A car bomb right at the beginning. New York City, giant metropolis, the only detective available to take the call, Olivia. <laughs> She arrives at the scene in the first few moments of the episode are <gasps> Elliot, live, live, Elliot. In any event, it turns out that Stabler has been working for the Vatican. He's oh like a God. security person in Rome. Okay, okay, okay. Did they show him in that outfit? Because you know the like Vatican guards have to wear this like oh, I wish. crazy outfit. I mean... They I look, will tell you that I but. I did objectify Christopher Maloney because he was interrogating. First of all, this would never happen in real life. He's interrogating the suspect who is accused of planting the bomb that killed his wife. Yeah, no, that would never happen. Never happen. Um, and they did a scene where he's like rolling up his sleeves because ooh, he's got anger issues and don't mess with him. Yeah, but this uh, was what I hated about when he was originally on the show is, you know, that sort of get away with hitting and, you know, these anger outbursts. And I don't know. Like, I mean, this is kind of originally why he kind of left in the first place, if I remember. Right. And even even then they were alluding to it that, you know, he had a record in internal investigations, uh, internal affairs was looking into everything he had done. He had like six shootings that were unanswered for. Oh, wow. so he is not a good cop, but if he, anything ever happened to me, I would want him to be the cop investigating it. That's and, hilarious. <laughs> but let me tell you this much. Uh, whatever Stabler has been doing, He's been keeping in shape because he put those he was wearing his khakis and it was, you know, I was like, he's been working out. He's been keeping it up. I feel like um, they both look really good, like way do. better than they should. They do. They really, really do. And the chemistry is still there because there was always that kind of. I know they it, always felt a little bit like they were in love kind of a yeah. thing. Yeah. So. So what did you think of the episode as a whole, if you were going to, I mean, should I try to watch it if I have the. I, if you, 
you have the time. I mean, it's it's one of those episodes where it is merely a setup for. So he's sticking around then. This wasn't a one off. Right. So it was just something where who would want to do this? And then he goes through all these people that he's investigating. And it's like, oh, it's probably one of those people. So the crime, it doesn't follow the formula of a standard episode in that the crime is not solved. And if you watch the next, well, I say the next episode, because it did, they did air back to back in real time. But the law and order organized crime that Elliot Stabler is headlining, the first five minutes of it are a recap of the uh, SVU episode. So, you know, I mean, I did see that the ratings for this episode were incredible, that yeah, they him were, coming back, it was a big boost. And, you know, he's great. He's great in playing that, uh, you know, playing Stabler. And then you have uh, Dylan McDermott, who's another actor who I feel has made a deal with the devil because he looks exactly the same as he did when he was on The Practice uh, 20 years ago, but wow. he, he's the big bad mm-hmm. um, on the organized crime show. So will I tune in? I don't know. Um, but it was just nice to see, you know, Stabler and Benson back together again. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it always warms my heart because, uh, you know, when they, they do follow each other on Instagram, so they hang out in real life and they're, they're just so great. So that made, that made yeah, their week, Twitter pictures are so cute. They are. I just love them. And it's yeah, I was happy to see him back. So but I'm, I'm still I would still rather watch like a, you know, season four uh, episode of 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 the of the show and yeah. sit back. But it was definitely I mean, like I said, if if you happen upon it, watch it. But it's really just a setup for the spinoff. All right. Fair enough. All right, let's move on to the Suicide Squad trailer, which is our second of the little three. Um, <laughs> which one? The one from the one from like last week or the one from like three years ago? Uh, let's go with the one from last week. That one was pretty comprehensive. I think you got a really good feel for it. <laughs> so the first question that I have here is, um, so th- th- this is obviously like a reboot, you know, a Suicide Squad didn't happen that long ago. No. Um, and there's a lot of things about this that are just so weird to me because, you know, first of all, you had that original movie that was not that old. Um, this is rebooting that same franchise. You know, it's, it's a reboot. So that original movie is being struck from the record, essentially, right? I mean, that's right. that's, that's done. That's gone from the, the, the histories. And now we have this new one um, which I will admit looks better, but is using like one third of the same actors in the same roles. Right. Like, do so, they like do they know where like Viola Davis buried bodies? Because why is she doing another Suicide Squad movie? I no right. She's like a two time so- Oscar winner, Emmy, Tony. And it's like and the same thing, like Margot Robbie. What did she do in her life that she's contractually obligated to play Harley Quinn in 17 different movies? Yeah, I mean, but what's really, like, weird is, like, so you have, okay, you say you have, like, Margot Robbie, right, who's Harley Quinn again, and then you have, like, Joel Kinnaman again in the same role, right? You've got a few other people who are the same characters, but then you have some very obvious recasts 
Because I want to say some of the other same characters are in this movie, but not played by the same people. Like Will Smith was in the original one, but he's not in this one. But I think his character is. And, you know, I, I love Will Smith. I, you know, and I say I love Will Smith because, like, do you remember in the 90s, every summer he was opening a huge yeah, movie like Men in Black, Wild Wild West. He was, like, great. Not but, a great movie, but still. An event. No, not a great movie, but he could open movies. And now it's like, I don't want to see him do anything anymore. I don't know. He's just not that great of an actor to me. He feels sort of like angry to be in a movie do you know what I mean like he comes mm. across as like oh why am I here right I don't know I, is it Idris Alba playing his character in this new one is it the I same character so. oh, uh, I'm so confused by this so here's my question there is obviously no law that says you have to wait x number of years before rebooting a franchise but should there be a law that says <laughs> I mean, you have to wait x number of years because this just feels a little bit soon well I, I was gonna say like we we are we have been around in this world and uh don't say how long I, i'm not gonna say how long but how many <laughs> spider-mans have we had in the past okay, that's 10 a years? fair statement <laughs> like, we're on our fourth perhaps yeah it's just like if at first you don't succeed try try again okay i concede to your point but it's still confusing it, however it really is i will say this one does look better I think mm-hmm. um, I think that Disney Marvel letting James Gunn go long enough to even do this was the biggest mistake of their life. Like, right. why would you do that? Um, because it looks like Guardians of the Galaxy on drugs. Like, I don't know how to explain it, but it looks like it's got that vibe of Guardians of the Galaxy, but no heartwarming, soul-searching raccoon moments. It's like giant shark and guy whose arms fall off you know like it's 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 his it's his guardians of the galaxy but different and more crazy and 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 while we're on on that i was reading um obviously there's there's a new trend i haven't watched it because i already gave too much of my life to watching justice league the first time around oh you're talking Uh, about the four hour one yeah the four hours which i from what i hear is not any better yeah, okay. I will say that um I'll bring up my students here briefly okay. uh because they 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 talk to me about Marvel and things and and movies and such and um a few of them did watch this and the general vibe that I got from my students was it was better and I didn't regret it, but that's also 4 hours of my life that I can't get back. So there was this little bit of a yeah, that was a lot. It was long and it was a lot and it was better, but was it enough better to make it worth four hours was where they seem to be kind of hitching up a little bit, you know? And and so the reason I brought that up is because David Ayer, who directed the, the, I'm not, I, I, you say the suicide squad, but it's really suicide squad. He directed suicide grammar. Yeah. He, he directed suicide squad uh, a few years ago, four years ago, five years ago, maybe at this point. And he's talking about coming out with the director's cut. Oh, please don't make this a trend. That That's what I'm saying. So that was a long way of going around and saying. I'm picking up what you're laying down. Yeah, yeah. So it's like, okay, we're at the reboot. That's fine. But now we're going to get director's cuts on movies we didn't even want the original cut to begin with. Right. Um, 
Right. I mean, this was such a special issue. Zack Snyder's daughter had passed away. It, it was it was such a thing that I don't think we need this to be a trend because that was an outlier. It wasn't. Uh, yeah, let's I don't know. Let's not make that a trend. I don't know. <laughs> and I mean, here's the thing that it comes down to is I'll probably watch it. I will probably watch the Suicide Squad. Um, I think it's going to be on HBO Max. I think it's part of that deal yeah, that maybe? HBO struck up to release all. I, I think I'm not 100 percent sure, but I'll end up watching it. Yeah, it, I mean, it looks fun. Yeah, I think I'll watch it, too. I mean, it's got Nathan Fillion in it. I know. I'm a big fan. Huge fan. Love him. Um, I think he's in all of James Gunn's movies in one way or another. So, yeah, that, and I, I like James Gunn. I do, too. So I know there were some, you know, some issues before, but they've all been worked out. Yeah, and and I feel like the difference between James Gunn and some other things that have happened recently is he was very apologetic and very sincere, and he hasn't repeated the same mistakes. Do you know what I mean? Like, his mistakes were very old, and, you know, I don't know. I mean, I know this is a big political issue, and whatever I say, I'm probably going to be wrong to someone, but... In my mind, you have to allow people to change and grow. And if somebody is very apologetic for something they did in the past and they change and they grow from that, I think we have to at some point forgive them for those mistakes. I mean, wouldn't you want that for yourself? You know, if you made a mistake and you learned from it and you grew and you never made that mistake again, would you want somebody to hold that mistake over your head for the rest of your life or would you want to be forgiven? And I think that's just kind of how we have to look at it. No, I agree. That's a good way of looking at it because it's it's true. I, it, we all do things that we regret and we cringe when we look back on it. But yep. I'm not that important that anyone's looking at anything that I did <laughs> yet. yet in the in the past. And also, you know, no, with the exception of a few people, no one cares what I have to say. So. <laughs> So if Disney wants to hire me, I'd have to probably go back and look at some some tweets that I thought were funny. Not in any way, uh, you know, racist or misogynist or anything, uh, but definitely. I mean, just second guess everything at that point, I would think, you know. Right, right. I mean, I remember uh, when I ran for local office, I took down anything on my previous Facebook page that had anything associated with any party. Because I was running for a nonpartisan position, I didn't want people to know if I was a Democrat or a Republican. Yeah. Hint, hint, I'm a Democrat. But. (laughs) All right. Well, okay. Let's go to the third one here because this one's another weird one. Um, Yes. They're remaking, as many of you may know, Space Jam. Um, And, you know, we got like a a recent trailer of this as well. And um, there have been some weird controversies that I've seen, some of them sort of silly, some of them really mind-boggling um but here's a couple of things that i've that i have to think about space jam and then you i want to bounce these thoughts off of you you know first of all do we need a remake of space jam um do is this something that we need and then secondly here is the controversy they have made the bunny less sexy apparently that oh people don't like that that they have made the bunny less sexy uh I thought the bunny design was fine in the remake. She looked like a basketball player bunny cartoon thing. But this is a thing, apparently? I I guess there's a lot of people disappointed. Um, 
I didn't notice this because when Space Jam came out, I was a child, but um, the bunny had some boobs. Yeah, that bunny Um, maybe was a bit much in the original. Like, yeah, yeah, I don't know. I feel uh, like the modern bunny is what the original bunny probably should have looked like. It, it and it's true where it's just like that's what you're getting upset about and yeah. and all of the things in the world that are that is happening and this is in and no offense to to Michael Jordan's legacy but I don't really remember Space Jam no I remember it I remember as a child being confused by that movie and that's probably pretty much sums it up um I mean, do we have a new Space Jam because a new basketball player wants that that accolade, wants to be that? You know what I mean? Like, do we have like an, an ego thing going on here? I mean, probably. I I, I mean, I, I'm not a fan of basketball. Let me put put it out that way. Um, did I watch the the Last Dance, the documentary on Michael Jordan? Yes, I did. Um, LeBron James to me, really has a bee in his bonnet. He wants not only to create his own legacy, but to overtake the legacy of Michael Jordan. See, that's what I'm feeling from this, is that if you, yeah, and this was the sort of the thing why I asked, do we need this remake, right? Like, if if that's what you want, if you want to have your own brand and you want to be this big thing, can't you make a different movie? Like, can't you do something else? Why do you have to remake someone else's movie? What point are you trying to prove? You know what I right. mean? Like, that's that was exactly where my thought went was, is this a way to make myself better than someone else or to try and overtake someone else's legacy? And that feels sort of icky. Yeah. And I, I just don't understand it. I, I really don't like you and I both just said it wasn't that great of a movie to begin with. And um, I was surprisingly, I liked LeBron James, and I don't know if you saw the movie uh, Trainwreck a few years ago with uh, Amy Schumer. I did not. He played himself in the movie, and it was he he was a funny version of himself. So just do more of that. If that's, that's what, what I mean, want. like yeah. do more of that. You were very charming in that movie. And normally I don't like you, LeBron James. And that's only because, and this is why he held like a, what, two hour press conference when he decided to go God. to the Miami Heat. And I it's forgot like, all about that. Yeah. Because I, I remember being like, why doesn't he just say where he's going? Yeah. So, I mean, it's it's stuff like that. But, you know, he's a billionaire. Um, I guess he can doing, do whatever, what he wants. He can do what he wants. But I don't know if you saw today uh, Zendaya is going to be doing the voice of Lola Bunny. She's going to be doing the voice of the not-so-sexy bunny anymore. Hmm. And so, I mean, so it still gets some time for that's it the, to... That's the girl from Spider-Man, right? Yes, yes. We've circled back to Spider-Man. <laughs> we, it all comes back to yeah, Spider-Man. it all comes back to Spider-Man. It, it, oh. it all does. Actually, today is also um, Robert Downey Jr.'s birthday. So oh, really, yeah, him and his little I, I, I loved uh, he was also in a Spider-Man movie. <laughs> yes. And he was adorable with uh, Aunt May, Marissa yeah. oh, Tomei. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, that was great. It all comes back. So I basically I guess from from the little three we discussed, we are not big on reboots, but yeah, yeah, maybe that's what it is. Yeah. I mean, maybe it's because we're old enough now that we've seen so many and like reboots upon reboots upon reboots like. Huh. Speaking of reboots, 
Um, let's move into the big three. <laughs> uh, we could just do this all day. That's I know. a Marvel first, reference. The first item, I, I really want to get into this, mostly because I really, really don't like it. Um, and, and I've heard from a few other people who have seen the whole series that it gets better. But if that's, like, the best thing you can say about something, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> um, and but, that's kind of, like, I was chalking it up to the first three episodes of the Irregulars, I was chalking it up to the Netflix way almost. Okay. So let's, let's do like a little intro here. So we're going to talk about the Irregulars, which is a, it's an eight episode show on Netflix that may or may not have an additional season. It's based in the Sherlock Holmes universe. But as of right now, Sherlock Holmes, only appearance was basically to vomit. He mm-hmm. hasn't really been part of the show. And um, there, you know, there's a lot of issues with Sherlock Holmes in terms of like copyright, because essentially right now the Arthur Conan Doyle novels are in the process of entering the public domain. Some of them that he has written have entered and some of them that he has written have not entered because he wrote them over many years. And we're sort of in the middle of that span. And this is why the Enola Holmes show got into a lot of problems because um, they made the Sherlock and of course Henry Cavill was just wonderful and you can't say anything bad about him ever but no and I can't wait till we do the Witcher season two wait for that to come out (laughs) like six hours of us gushing anyway yeah that's all it's gonna be but um when when he did it his version of Sherlock Holmes was more based on the later novels and in the later novels what essentially happens is Sherlock gets off drugs and has been a nicer person and and in some of the earlier novels Sherlock's was actually addicted to drugs and Watson gets him off drugs in the middle and in it he changes and over the end and end arcs of those books he's a different and better person and Henry Cavill's character more mirrored that end of the arc rather than the beginning when he was more of a jerk so (laughs) um the jerk version of the novels and the I believe, don't quote me on this, remember, not an entertainment professional, I believe the version with him on drugs where Watson is trying to get him off drugs, I think that is also in the public domain. If not, that's next to come out in the public domain. So we're like at that point. Yeah, I didn't know that because I didn't know that we had, uh, and this is because of the Marvel Cinematic Universe, I did not know that we had a Sherlock Holmes universe that existed. (laughs) right here i am though uh so so can i can i tell you i summarize the irregulars in one episode okay Uh, i'm sorry one sentence one One sentence sentence. okay one sentence i wrote uh street urchins slash orphans of an indeterminate age live together in a hovel and fight crime yeah yeah okay (laughs) let's go from there um so I have some notes here because I couldn't not write down notes yes I had I have uh I I tried to write a lot of notes and they're mostly just they they became very snarky yeah no this is this is pretty much where I am can we start with the fact that I think the characters are incredibly unlikable and also very shallow Yes. Um, and and this is the first big issue that I have is that the characters are all in my mind like a type or a stereotype or like a cliche. 
and their defining character traits are through that that cliche lens and it makes them very shallow and their shallowness makes them unlikable and it's like in that one sentence thing you could do that for every character you know the main character's name is what Beatrice but everybody calls her Beat and And then her her quote-unquote let's just say this like so much sexual tension with Billy okay and he calls her Bumble the love triangle is so irritating he calls her Bumble oh I know and then for I don't know about you but I wrote down I feel like we're at the point where we're just cloning actors because a lot of actors in this look like other actors to me you know, it was interesting because I, I find myself sort of comparing this to other things that I've seen on Netflix recently. So it, it sort of started to remind me a little bit of Warrior Nun, but I actually got into Warrior Nun. Did you see Warrior Nun, Alin? I mean, I know I have to. That's see, that's something that I have to watch. Okay. I have Warrior to. I mean, did, gonna, <laughs> it's not great. But by the end, I was all in because they had built this world. So even though they had characters that weren't fantastic and the first couple of episodes had some crud romance that I wasn't into, um, by the end, they had mythology that they had created. And the mythology was cool. And I was like, okay, okay, I'm down with this. I'm good with this. And um, I I started sort of comparing the Irregulars to the Warrior Nun because it started really bad for me, just like Warrior Nun, it starts bad. And, but then... I started to think, but no, because they don't have the mythology. But then in season, in episode three, you get the mythology, the golden dawn, right? <laughs> and I was like, so is this going to be a warrior nun thing? Am I going to be all in by the end because they're going to build this world that's going to be kind of cool? And, I, and I'm not buying it yet, but it feels to me like you talked about clones of actors. This feels like a clone of warrior nun to me. Um, where they're, they, they've got these characters, the characters are bad. Um, mm-hmm. the storytelling is because everything that happens in this show is because plot, right? N- nobody says anything that a real life person would say. Nobody does anything that a real life person would do. Everything revolves around the plot. And so people act in a way to push the plot forward because that's how they have to act. Otherwise the plot wouldn't move forward. Does that make sense? No. And I, I even put, so you can agree or disagree. I put, are there no legitimate detectives available? I feel like these kids are option D or E. Like is there no one else that can assist in solving crime? It would be one thing if it all relied on Jesse's ability to touch people's arms and like see their memories. Like if everything revolved around that and that was the reason why they were always getting hired, I maybe would understand it a bit better. But even that is like some people seem to know about it. Some people seem to not know about it. The kids get hired anyway. And then Jesse herself drives me crazy because oh, in episode God, yes. one and two, she's like, I'm strong. Let me use my powers. Don't treat me like a baby. And then episode three, she's like, no, I didn't want any of this. Run away. And I'm I, like, oh, God. And then I even put, because now I'm going to pay attention. Can she read everyone that she touches? So far. You know, but and like, she doesn't touch, like, so she's, does she have to invoke the power? Yeah, Cause she's like, like, I'm going to touch them. But like she touches B and she touches uh, oh. Billy. You know what I mean? Like just in normal. So is it something where she has to call from high yeah, to yeah, read the okay. person? Yeah. That, okay. And that's something I wrote in the the third episode. And I want to say it because I practice it. 
Ipsimus? Is that oh, the name of it? Ipsimus. Ipsimus. I have a thing on this. Okay, so I'm going to get my thing because I okay. actually, you know, I actually started looking this up uh, because when they when they had the name of that episode, I was like, what the heck is an Ipsimus or, you know, whatever. I, so I, like I, it, I actually uh... looked this up and um, the 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 way that they use the word in the show is wrong, which you know okay. should, shouldn't surprise anyone. Um, however, interestingly enough, the Hermetic Order of the Golden Dawn was a real thing. Ooh. Yeah. So that was sort of interesting to me. Now, um, and it was an, an an occult, you know, kind of thing that they studied the paranormal, and it was started by Freemasons. And here's what's very interesting: they did let women join, hmm. so they did have female. Um, members of the Golden Dawn in real life, just like they had female members of the Golden Dawn in their regulars. So I was like, okay, okay, I can kind of get, you know, on board this uh, a little bit with this sort of mythology. I was, because I like Freemason-y stuff and, you know, it's kind of kind of neat. Secret um, societies running the world. Yeah, and the actual Golden Dawn had, you know, well-known people in it, Um you know, poets and, and, and different people. Like it, it was, it was a thing, you know, it wasn't like, you know, some guy in his basement. It was, a, it was a thing that, 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 you know, that existed, but the Ipsissimus is Greek and it translates to basically the highest self. So it's referring to, I, I guess, you know, your best self, your most prominent self. So, you know, they use that word to mean like psychic self, I guess, right. which is not, yeah. yeah, it's not the same, but. I got okay. it as the most power, and this is my interpretation of it with, without looking at, um, you know, looking it up. It was just like the most powerful psychic person in the world. That is, yeah. that is the claim that Jess and I don't know. And then she keeps going to those asides with um. I do not. They haven't named him yet in the show. Um, Some guy act, in Louisiana. Yes, yeah. and I and he's actually his his name in real life is Clark Peters, and he was in The Wire. Oh. He was also in John Wick, and um, for anyone who has Netflix, uh, he was in. Spike Lee's uh, The Five Bloods. Like, he's he's an amazing actor, but he just pops up. He's guiding Jesse. It's really, and this is my thing, it's really annoying me that he's wearing, like, a white linen suit in the middle of a swamp. It just In Louisiana. In Louisiana. Yeah. I'm just like, why? Yeah, yeah. You're going to get that dirty. Um, <laughs> so, but, he, like, he pops in, and he is trying to guide her in some sort of way. Now he's alive. Yeah. He's, presumably. He just, yeah. He just chooses not to travel to London. I mean, I get it. I wouldn't want to travel to London um, to help her. No. Yeah. In those days, yeah. you know, not even today, uh, but it, it's just something where, okay, where is this going? Cause yeah. none of the other ones have any superpowers. And, um, Oh no, Be Beatrice's superpower is that she can stare. She's, She's like, I wrote that, that that's her one thing. She has <laughs> one thing is staring. Yep. That's it. She's not as good at it as Bucky. 
Let's just say that. No, she is not as good. I actually wrote B has one face. Pissed yes. off. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's pretty much it. I mean, like I said, they have one defining character trait. You know, hers is like a simmering, under the skin, boiling anger. And then Billy's is like an out there in your face anger. You know, so they're basically the same person. One is just female. So we've got to subdue her a little bit. Oh, but then we don't because she also kills someone. But that whole scene made me crazy because like literally they have this woman who she's casting this kind of spell, right? She's casting this spell and they, the spell is going to kill Billy essentially. And right. they say, okay, we have to stop this spell. The only way to stop it is to kill this woman casting it. And I'm like, really, really? Are you sure? Can you try like <laughs> knocking her out? Maybe we could try, you know, tickling her. Like maybe she, did anyone think of any other solutions? No, 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 no. It was kill her. That's the only thing. Everybody obviously knows it. And then the only person who could do it was B. Even though there were like three other people in the room, they're right. all looking at her saying, no, no, you have to do it. Right? Like, <laughs> and, and like in such a gruesome way, this woman was killed. Like it yeah. wasn't just, you know, like, oh, let me just. It's like, no, you're. And I actually wrote after that. So is B going to suffer from an existential crisis for the remainder of the series, or are we going to forget this ever happened? Yeah, right. Either episode? way is bad. You know? <laughs> right. Oh, God. Yeah. And the other thing that really drives me crazy about this show, the other note that I have, is what is up with the soundtrack. <gasps> I put that, too. I said I'm getting, like, Ferris, Ferris Bueller vibes. Like, it's the synthesizers. So it's so bad. Let me just, oh, I don't even know. Um, let me, I mean, let me just say, I probably will finish it yes. because we might want to revisit it at some point. But as of right now, I, I wouldn't recommend it. No. Um, but maybe by the time I see the end, I'll have a different, like, okay, it starts off horrible, but then it get, you know, maybe because that, let me, let me admit, that is pretty much how Warrior Nun goes. And by the end, I was like, okay, cool. This is, this is great. You know, it, it got and- good. And we talked about this before, like Netflix always has at least two episodes more than it should. Yeah. And this is only eight episodes. So that's going to tell you something right there. Exactly. So it's like, okay, I try not to judge a show on its first episode. Right. Just because there's so many different things, so many different components that go into it. I'm sure we could get into like do a whole episode about which shows have amazing pilots. But I can't think of one off the top of my head. So I try to give it a little bit of time. The the, the second episode, and I just keep calling, I don't know about you, uh, Leopold, who's the, he's a prince or a baron or something. Uh, yeah, I, also based on a real character. I didn't have oh, time to look this up, but yeah, based on, on a real person. He like sticks out like a sore thumb. Oh, I yeah. said that he, I put that he dresses like a pimp. Like he's did like he these bright blue. Yeah, he has a cane. And I'm thinking at first I thought he wasn't really sick. I thought it was like a lie perpetrated to keep him inside, but he really is sick. Yeah. Um and of course when they were talking about hemophilia, I always think of inbreeding. Yeah. Yeah. And so, no, I think you're I think you're right on track there. And his defining character trait is his illness and weakness that comes from it. And then, right. and then he whines about that. So don't you think he looks like James McAvoy a little everybody bit? Everybody says that, and I'm not seeing it. But okay, I've, the, I've, I've read that. Okay, I saw. I thought he looked like James McAvoy, and I think that Billy kind of looks like uh, Elfie Allen, also known as Theon from oh, Game of Thrones. 
And then we have the hound. I got so excited to see the hound. I know he has a real name, but he's always the hound to me. No, yeah, he is the hound. And he showed up and he was the best part of that episode. And then that was it. Right. Yeah. And then the second the second episode, man, with the with the gums, with the kids, the the tooth fairy ripped out. Oh, teeth pulling so bad. That just makes me cringe. Yeah, it, it it little kids in in any type of thing can be very creepy. Yeah. Um, little kids know, without teeth, that's even worse. Yeah, it was even worse. Like I know uh, we talked about and uh, uh, love Lovecraft Country, mm-hmm. and I said to you, it was the I'm like this episode was so freaky. You'll know which one. And you texted me, was it the kids dancing? Yep. In a contorted fashion, I was yep. like, yes, yes, it was. <laughs> Uh, me and me and my husband, when we were watching that, we were literally like screaming out loud at, at just how creepy it was. We couldn't even shut up. It was so bad. But yeah. Yeah. That's anyway. What, yeah. I mean, that's how I felt. Like you said, I'll end up finishing it because I normally do. Yeah. Um, I'm hoping that the mythology of it really picks up. Yes. I think it really needs that. I also as just, you know, sort of like little things to end on here. I don't like how they're making Watson a villain that. Right. That irritates me, unless that's a red herring of some variety. Um, at, f- at first, I thought they were gonna make Mycroft a villain too, and I was like, okay, w- what the heck? But, um, but yeah, it, it's it's a weird mix of modern and Victorian mythology and street rat. I I just don't even know what they're doing. It's very plot focused. The characters are not great. Let's hope it gets better. Yeah, and I mean, I said. That the cast is very diverse and it checks a lot of boxes. Sure, no um, issues there. Yeah, uh, but it, like you said, it's just very flat. It's yeah. the the storytelling is flat, the characters flat. I mean, it's not as though the actors are failing the material. There's just nothing. And I think Netflix has its uh, has basically built itself a backdoor if it doesn't want to do another one of these because I'm sure these shows are very expensive with yeah. all of its Victorian uh, dress and the scenery yeah. and whatnot. So yeah. we'll see. I haven't heard whether or not it's been renewed or, or canceled, but Netflix always kind of plays it close to the chest. So yeah. we'll find Although out. Although I what... do think they renewed Warrior Nun. Oh, they did. So, okay. I, I will have did. to, I'll, I'll watch Warrior Nun. So we'll be able to do this. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> that, just, you're going to, you're going to see the similarities immediately it's um it's it's like they're writing from the same template do you know what i mean it's it's almost like i feel like it's like a mad libs type of thing like just insert insert supernatural element here right exactly all right well shall we move on all right, well, moving on. <laughs> okay, this one's going to be all you. This so, is going to uh, be, so w- w- I'll, I'll bounce it off of you, too. Okay, so I haven't seen this documentary. This is it on HBO. It's called Tina, right? Yes, yes. Okay, um, so tell us about it. All right, so as Jamie said at the top, uh, we have a lot of uh, crossover on things that we, we like and things that we enjoy, and then there are things that, you know, I'm obsessed with and Jamie's obsessed with, and we want to bring you into that but um hbo premiered a documentary on tina turner called tina and it traces her entire life 
from when she was was born, when she met the infamous Ike Turner, to her comeback in the 80s to present day. Now, for people who don't know a lot about Tina Turner, she is not in the best of health right now. She's been very open about her her struggles with health. And she said that this is a love letter to her fans because she will not be performing. Uh, She's in her 80s at this point. And I was lucky enough to see her perform in her last tour. Oh, wow. Yeah. Like I there are a lot of regrets that I have. Um, concert wise, I'm, I'm sad and I regret that I'll never get to see Whitney Houston in concert, Uh, you know, and even, I don't want to get into the controversy, but Michael Jackson, I would have loved to have seen him perform, but I, I did get to see, um, one of my bucket lists. I got to see Bruce Springsteen in concert four hours. Amazing. Yeah. He does not stop. He does not stop. You got your money's worth. Yeah. And he's one of those performers. um, You know, a lot of cities will have curfews on performances. You have to be done by like 11 or whatever. He Mm -hmm. pays the fine. So he. Oh, wow. Yeah. So he can continue to just keep playing. Hmm. And uh, Tina Turner, I remember going to see her. I was uh, was probably like in 2011. And I, I really think my obsession with her, I was trying to think about when did I love Tina Turner? Because no one in my family does. And I'm blaming uh, VH1's Behind the Music. Do you remember mm. that, that? Those documentaries? I know. Sure. So, I know so much about uh, like Journey, uh, Ozzy Osbourne, all this useless knowledge because it was prepackaged in an hour's, uh, hour's worth of, of information. So. I remember. Strangely, I remember the Simpsons version of Behind <laughs> more than. <laughs> but it was very formulaic. It had yep. like that whole intro, was like do 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 do, yep. and it would yep, talk yep. about. Yeah, it was it was great, and it was always on. And I remember well after watching Tina Turner's going to my parents' uh, record collection, record and cassette collection, and seeing that. Yeah, I'm going way back dating myself. Um, but, you know, we had some Tina Turner cassettes. Um, so we had the Private Dancer album, Break Every Rule. And I started listening and it's like, oh, yeah, I know her. I mean, but when I got to see her in concert, she the lights went down. It's eight o'clock on the dot. She says, my name is Tina Turner and I don't need an opening act. And then it was like, boom. And she comes on the stage. She's running around in high heels. Oh, of course. Three hours. Oh, my God. So best. And I will say this. I've always said this to people. The best concert I've ever seen. Um, Fantastic. Yeah, she she's amazing. And I think now in her life, it's it's common knowledge that. She was in a, a, a relationship, um, in a marriage where she suffered from domestic abuse. And that's because we all uh, saw um, or heard snippets from What's Love Got to Do With It, the mm-hmm. 1993 movie with Angela Bassett, who appears in the film talking about Tina Turner and playing Tina Turner. So that was an amazing treat. but. Tina 
didn't always talk about what happened with her and Ike. So a lot of the film is her announcing, and this is back in 1981, that she didn't want to talk about Ike anymore because he beat her all the time. So when she was trying to get out and reestablish her career, because when she left Ike, and I just, this is like another reason she's amazing. She walked away with nothing, no houses, no cars. The only thing she wanted was the right to use her stage name, which is Tina Turner. Wow. So she, that's all she wanted. She was going to rebuild her career and people started asking, oh, what, where's Ike? How's Ike? So she comes out in this bombshell article and says that Ike used to beat her um, and abuse her. And she spends the majority of her career talking about Ike and still does. She wrote a book um, in the mid 80s, I, Tina, which is the basis for the What's Love Got to Do With It film. And it was actually co-written with Kurt Loder. Remember him oh, from, yeah, MTV? from MTV? Yeah. And um, he appeared in the documentary talking about his relationship with Tina. And she also appears, um, obviously, um, throughout the film, talking about her experiences. And it's almost it's it's sad to hear her speak about the fact that no one wanted to talk about her successes. Yeah. They only wanted to talk about Ike. How sad. That's just soul crushing. Yeah. And she said that she wrote the book. So people would stop asking. And there's a lot of moments in the film. I mean, like we're going way back. There's a a moment in the film where she is sitting next to a young Mel Gibson before Mel Gibson was insane um, for Mad Max Beyond Thunderdome. And oh, because she was in that. Yeah, she was Auntie she M. The song, yeah. Yeah, we don't need another hero. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, oh man. <laughs> yeah, I know. So really showing our age, but um, the minute she sits down, the reporter says to her, "Did you hear that Ike was arrested on a cocaine charge?" And Mel Gibson, you can see him visibly tense up, like he wants to punch the reporter. And Tina graciously says i wish you were telling me that ike turner had a hit song or he won a grammy but i wish him nothing but the best so yeah she's a very very classy woman she's inspirational the one thing that really bugs me and i'm hoping that'll change this year is she was inducted into the rock and roll hall of fame in 1991 with ike Oh, so she is not inducted on her own. She's she's been eligible for a while now because I think her first album was in 84 and you have to have 25 years. But she is on the ballot this year. And I hope that the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame corrects that. And I hope that she joins Stevie Nicks as the second woman to be inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame twice. That would be wonderful. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's just to look at someone who has had difficulty. She had difficulty. She talks about the fact that her she wasn't close with her mother. Her mother walked out on her when she was seven years old. Wow. She had no relationship whatsoever with her father. And she really, really experienced trauma and violence 
that would make someone want to crawl into a ball and stay that way for the rest of their lives. But she is someone who's just inspirational. Um, she's so positive and she um, she found love, which is so cute. Um, that is so cute. Yeah. And it's like <laughs> it's so funny because they show her it, and she lives in this beautiful I call it a palace. It looks like a palace in Switzerland. And she says to her husband, how long did we date and before we got married? And he yells back from the other room, 27 years. <laughs> <laughs> wow. So, I mean, it's just, it's, it's a great story. The, the music is great. I changed my ringtone to What's Love Got to Do With It because it's just such an a, amazing song. I would, I give it, watch it. It's a definite watch. Even if you're a casual fan, you're going to recognize the music. You're going to yeah. recognize she's just an icon. Um, and you don't really get a chance to hear from an icon in their own words. So definitely yeah. worth a watch. Nice. That was a really, a really nice review of that. And I'm glad that they sort of did her well, you know what I mean? Like that they did, they gave her the credit that she, you know, so much deserves. And hopefully the fact that this is a very, fairly recent documentary. And like you said, she's on the ballot this year. Like maybe that's the push, you know, the, the PR sort of campaign that she needs to get that induction into the hall of fame. And it's just like mind boggling to me. I mean, I'm not a musician, uh, but I read, I've read that a lot of musicians think the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame is a joke. Oh, really? Yeah, there's a whole thing where there are a lot of artists who are not considered rock and roll, and it's more something that you can buy your way into. There's a, a I mean, I've seen a few articles, um, but it really makes you think that it is when you have two artists being inducted, and you're, and they were. So Ike and Tina showed up. Tina did not know that Ike was going to be there. Oh, boy. So you're inducting someone that you know beat his wife. And you have the audacity to induct them at the same time and try to make them stand on the stage together. Now, this wasn't in the documentary. This is just something that I know. Um from reading Tina's book. Tina actually has, she has the I Tina book, which came out and she came out with a second biography because the I Tina biography ended in 1987. So that was really like the story wasn't done. It wasn't done. So she came out with another book, but I mean, maybe the rock roll hall of fame is a joke. If you're inducting a, a criminal into it, Nothing time. is sacred anymore, Lynn. Yeah, I know. What, yeah. what are we living in? What kind of world are we living in? I don't know. The kind where the irregulars exist. <laughs> <laughs> Not this multiverse. How do we get out of this multiverse and I know. go somewhere else? Somebody called Doctor Strange. I hear he go- he's good with those kinds of things. <laughs> but is he a wizard? We'll get into that. We'll get into uh, Yeah, that's that's the next episode. Winter that's Soldier. the next episode. Yes, yes. Yeah. We'll be doing that in our next episode. So. All right. So do you want to move on? Do you have any final thoughts? No, I'm just saying, um, you know. like Definite Tina's, recommendation. Yeah, it, yeah. It, like Tina's song, she's simply the best. So right. go ahead, get out there and watch it. Fantastic. Okay, so that's really good. All right, so the the last thing that we have um on the docket for today is 
my kind of solo project, which is a video game, which I know you haven't played. Mm-hmm. And um, so you can feel free to ask any questions that you have that maybe, you know, a person on the sidelines would want to know. So um, the video game is called Octopath Traveler. And it is a Japanese role-playing game that was originally released on the Switch. And Mm -hmm. um, it was a Switch exclusive, and now you can play it on the PC. And so it came to Xbox Game Pass, which, if you don't know what Xbox Game Pass is, it's the Netflix of video games. So you basically pay $10 a month, and you can can play anything that's on there. And um, it is... It is the best deal in gaming. Like, I I have no problem saying that. I don't care if I'm endorsing Microsoft. (laughs) I love Game Pass. It is, like, seriously, because you can try anything that's on there, and they got to have, I mean, they got to have at least 250, 300 games on there um, at any given time. They update it with about five or six new ones every month. And... um, yeah, so I, I think I hear your puppies moving around. Yes, I was going to apologize. Um, they, <laughs> I, my dog Jerry, uh, is running in circles for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. Not sure. Because dog. I, yeah, because dog. Um, I did take him for a walk before, and he should be lying down, but he's not. And despite the fact, you know, that I'm downstairs in a corner he decides to come harass me. Yeah. So I apologize it's for right. the interruption. Of, uh... I don't know if you heard it earlier, but my cat bear jumped onto my desk and started eating the microphone. And I don't, <laughs> I don't know if anybody heard it's that. Just, I played it off really well. Just, but, um, you know, I think we're just used to it living in these times where, <laughs> you know, animals just it coexist. You're on a meeting and all of a sudden you're asking someone to hold on for a moment because you're going to yell at your dog who's yep. chasing your other dog. Yep. Um, that's just, it's just life right now. <laughs> yeah, it's just life, life as it exists. So we are joined by uh, my furry companions, uh, yep. Jerry. But yes, so Game Pass. Yeah. So yeah, Game Pass is great. I love Game Pass. It's pretty much where I play everything. And um, so this came out on Game Pass a couple of weeks ago, and um, I thought I would try it. I like role-playing games. I have I like Japanese, the art style, the sort of anime kind of art style. I like all of that. It's a very pretty game. It's um, The art is beautiful. The whole premise is, um, you know, it's called Octopath, and Octo is eight, and there are eight playable characters. So um, you start out by choosing one of the eight characters, and the first sort of task you have is to wander around the map and collect the other seven and they all have their own stories that they're pursuing across the world and you basically kind of do them in chapters so chapter one is like collecting your whole party and then chapter two is the next step of whatever thing that they were trying to accomplish so for example one of them is on um, a quest to find a a a book that's uh, went missing from a very exclusive collection and one of them is a merchant and she's trying to sort of peddle her trade across the world and you know it's it's very sweet and a lot of it is very harmless there's one character who is a dancer and um she was a like a a wealthy person who lost all her money and had to basically go into a form of 
prostitution slash stripping and that got real hairy for me i was not Ooh. digging that story it was real gross so uh, not uh, not for kids yeah i mean it's weird because you look at it and you'd think sure no problem get my teenager in here but it, it gets a little dicey um with a couple of the stories that one in particular the language was highly oh. highly suggestive um to the point where i was sort of like grossed out um so yeah, uh, that, you know, other than that, the stories are fine. I like the characters for the most part. The voice acting is pretty good. Um, the the art style, I said, is also very good. Um, I also like how they do this sort of thing where uh, they do this real neat stuff with like hyperbolic scaling where your characters will look really small and you'll fight a boss and the boss looks huge. Mm. And it's not that you're fighting this 20 foot tall person. It's a normal person, but it's a stronger person. And in order to display that in the video game, they make him look huge compared to you. Right. It's like this hyperbolic uh, scaling that makes him look powerful. Do you know what I mean? Right. And I, I like that. I think it's real pretty and it's it's neat. And it's very different. And they do a couple things in the game that are, you know, combat wise kind of neat. It, it runs as a standard, you know, Japanese RPG where everybody kind of takes turns to attack. It's called a turn based RPG. And that's nice because it gives you time to think or you can get up and go pee and come back and you're not dead. You know, so all of that is great. Um, but this is actually a good game for me to discuss as a, as an introduction to the way I play video games, uh, especially if you're going to listen to me talk about video games in the future, because I can tell you right now, I'm not going to beat this game and I will not finish it. (laughs) (laughs) And there are sort of two cardinal sins for me when it comes to video games. And the first cardinal sin is, are you, um, respectful of my time? And uh, I, I don't know about you, Alin, but I don't have a lot of time these days. I have a full-time job. I know you do too. My full-time job is not the kind of job that you do and then leave and then go home. It's teaching. So I take it home every night. And, um, and you're teaching from home too, Right. I never, my so. work never leaves <laughs> me right now. Yeah, it's, right. It's in my head constantly. Um, so yeah, um, I have a lot of work to do and plus household stuff and chores and whatever else. And if I'm playing a game and that game is, not respectful of my time, it's not going to make it. Now, not everyone has this problem. Some people have a lot of time, you know. But for me, like the sort of cardinal sin that this game started to commit was, one, I think eight characters is a lot. And um, you have to level them all up separately. Uh, You can put four in 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 a party at once, but then the other four don't get anything while they're sitting out. They don't gain any experience from anything the other four characters are doing. So you're constantly having to switch them in and out to keep them leveled so that you don't get destroyed basically because you'll have these real underleveled characters and that just felt like a lot of time to put in the second thing is the fast travel system in the game is not great um you have to you can basically fast travel from anywhere in the map to certain places so if i'm in the middle of nowhere and i want to go back to a town that's fine i can fast travel back to that town from anywhere but Let's say I go to a dungeon and I go and I want to beat the boss at the end of this dungeon. And the dungeon is this, the boss is this giant butterfly who is weak to a certain kind of weapon or magic, like dark magic or axes. Mm. And I happen to not have the character in my party that uses axes or casts dark magic. Great. 
Now I have to fast travel back to the town, switch out my party, and I can't fast travel back to the dungeon. I got to walk all the way back to the dungeon. So that's where it started to lose me is because I felt like it was wasting my time. Like, why are those other four characters not with me? Can't I have a little wagon that they travel in? (laughs) I can just pop them in and out. Like, I don't understand why they have to be somewhere else for me to go get them. Like, that was really ticking me off. And then the second cardinal sin that video games commit that will completely turn me off is a difficulty level that I can't adjust. So this game is is a little bit on the difficult side. And um, some people will disagree, but I found it difficult. And there was not a lot that I could do to mitigate that and to make it easier on myself. You know, the game is going to tell me you need to go out and either level up your characters more or you need to put all of this time and effort into strategy. And you know, you combine all of those things together and what you get from me is just too much frustration to keep going. So it was a beautiful game and I did like the stories. And I I think that for some people, this game is going to be like real big for them and they might love it. For me, it was a bit too difficult and I felt like it was a time waster. And I think you know, I played another game recently called Control. I think I told you about this. Control is probably one of my favorite games I've ever played in my life. And it's, <laughs> it, it, it's, it's basically if the X-Files were a video game and Scully was the main character oh. and it's great and I love it. And I will talk this game up forever. But when that game first came out, everybody said it was super hard, super hard. And I never played it. Cause I always thought I'm not going to be able to do this. It's going to be too hard for me. Eventually they released another version of the game where they had added all these difficulty sliders into the game where you could adjust the difficulty. And I was like, great, now I'm back in. Right. <laughs> I literally was like, I'm in, I can do it now. And I think that control is sort of like the model citizen for how to manage difficulty because you could leave it as it is, or even make it harder for, you know, the hardcore people out there. But for me, there were all these different ways you could adjust the difficulty in there. Like you could turn down um, how much damage the enemies did to you. And it was by 10%, you know, so if you just want to tweak it a little bit, you could be like, oh, 20% less damage, right? Or you could adjust the aiming for the gun if you had problems aiming. And that to me was just so wonderful. Like I didn't have to tweak it very much. The only thing I I adjusted was that difficulty slider. I turned the damage down like 30%. I was fine. I could play the whole game, no problem. But I just needed that little push. And Octopath is not giving me that. It's not giving me anything. I'm not getting my breadcrumbs. <laughs> you know what I mean? So it just, it's, it's not going to happen. <laughs> and, and I am also someone, I mean, I, I play Animal Crossing. That's my, that's my moment of Zen after a long day. Um, be ashamed of that. That's great. Yeah. And, but I, I mean, I have played, I, I purchased the, the Switch last year and I played Mortal Kombat. Um, <laughs> It's like Mortal Kombat 11 or something, because I used to have it for the Sega Genesis. Um, going back again. I know, going back again, going back <laughs> again. Um, but, you know, I remember it being uh, very violent, and there's a lot of gratuitous blood and whatnot. It's gotten even worse. I'm surprised, yes. you know, it's it's very bad. But long story short, I'm not a gamer. I just want to beat up things, mm-hmm. and I will put the difficulty down just yeah. so I can just punch things and kick things. Like I'm not looking to win any tournaments. Right. I just, you know, I just want to have some fun. And if it gets too difficult, it's like, 
I'm using it as an escape from life. Life is difficult. All right. Like just, just allow me to slide it over. So I, right. I get it. I mean, it sounds like it's a really interesting game, but do you think maybe down the road they'll come out and do something along the lines of what uh, the makers of Control did? I doubt it, if only because sometimes with these types of games, it's sort of like a Medal of Honor to, to mm. not be able to, you know, there are certain games where it's like, and, and, and you know, the, to be honest, like not everybody is going to find this difficult. Some people like that slow, methodical build where you're you're getting money and you're using that money to buy new gear. And then that gear makes you better. And the whole pro- you know what I mean? And it's just some people really love that. And it's it's that it's part of the experience for them. And for me, I like that to a point. And then at that point. I want to feel like I've made some progress and then go and and do the next chapter and feel like, OK, I'm not going to get, you know, annihilated. And, you know, when I was playing Octopath, I had this this experience where I was doing a, I was in chapter two and I was doing the first person's chap, chapter two storyline. So, like, I, I finished all of chapter ones and I'm moving on to chapter two, the first one. Right. And you go into this mansion and you're trying to find this like owner of this mansion. And I went through the mansion and I was fine. I was fine. I was going along. I was killing things. I was doing well. I was having no major di- difficulties. And then I got to the boss and he wiped me out in like three turns or oh. less. And I, I couldn't understand it because the enemies leading up to him were not hurting me that much. Right. If at all. And then to have such a spike between them and him that's the kind of frustration where I'm like, forget it. I'm out. You know, <laughs> I'm done. <laughs> no, because no, it's I'll I'll bring it back to Super Mario Brothers, you know, something like that. It's like, well, what do I have to do? Right. And you learn you're like, that's how to do it. That's how I do it. And it might take you a couple of times, but it's doable. But to just this felt not doable. It felt yeah. like I was just getting crushed. And, you know, at that point, like you said, this is meant to be an escape for me. It's not meant to be a crushing reality of, you know, life is hard, so deal with it. No, 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 no. Right. <laughs> That's not what I'm doing this for. <laughs> it's right. No, it's like, no, just let me. Okay, do I need something to beat him? What do just I have to do? do? The thing. Help me out. Let me, let me do the thing so I can continue to do the thing. Yes. And, you know, I no, I get it. It sounds like it's frustrating. Yeah. So anyway, I I would recommend it if you are into those kinds of things. But um, if you are the type of person who doesn't like grindy games or who has problems with difficulty or who doesn't have a lot of free time, it's probably not something that you're going to really enjoy because it's kind of time demanding and it, it is pretty difficult and it is a little bit grindy. So that would be my my thoughts on Octopath. So, yeah. Any final questions? No, I think I think that's about it. I mean, I haven't played any role playing games. Yeah. Um, yeah. I tried to I, explain it. I know that I tried to explain it in a way that like somebody who hadn't played them would maybe kind of get it. But Like I said, like my thing is before Animal Crossing, I would play Mario Kart. Like this is like my I'm like base level yeah. <laughs> like video game, video game like um. It's nothing to be ashamed of. Yeah, my friend Mike gave me, oh, what was it? It's the the Legend of Zelda that's on the Switch, like something about whispers or something. God, you're killing me. I can't even remember it now. I know. I'm sorry. Yeah. It's 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 the new Zelda for the Switch. Yeah. He had he had beaten it. I went to play it, 
And after 15 minutes, I'm like, I don't like this. Your stick <laughs> broke and you were yeah. done, right? Yeah. I was just like, I don't know what is the point of this. I'm stopping and having to talk to people. And where am I going? I don't understand it. I just want to walk around my island and go fishing. Yeah. So <laughs> that is that is how I handle it. But I mean, it sounds like it's an interesting game. I just I just don't have patience for things. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's what it is. All right. Well, let's wrap this up. I'm going to bring up some music for us. And uh, we're going to wrap up the show by talking about three things that we are looking forward to. So I'm going to start this off by saying after watching The Irregulars on Netflix, it made me really look forward to The Nevers on HBO, which is a more sophisticated more adult more hbo version of the irregulars and even has the same kind of name the nevers uh there's a trailer out that you can watch i'm looking forward to that i think it's going to be much better than the irregulars unfortunately alin what are you looking forward to i'm actually looking forward to uh, i'm going to be watching very shortly the new godzilla versus kong movie um on hbo max um I did not realize that it was actually something that was part of a series. So I had to watch Godzilla King of the Monsters because of I haven't seen that yet either. Yeah. Yeah, (laughs) I was like, oh, continuity. Okay. Um, You really don't need to watch it, I'm guessing. But I'm excited to watch it. Like you said, it's it's a form of escapism. Uh, I know that it just came out on HBO Max over this Uh, in the past few days. So I'm excited to sit back and watch that. The one good thing about the pandemic has been the ability to watch new movies from home. Tell me about it. And to keep that trend going, and because we seem to love HBO today, can I say for our (laughs) third thing that I'm looking forward to, and you brought it up, so this is really your fault, Uh the new Mortal Kombat movie. Yes! (laughs) I don't know why, but I... (laughs) I, I, I kind of want to see that. It looks so good. And, you know, the, the ones that were made many years ago, uh, I believe I dragged you to, the, to that one we as that. well. You we saw back, it in all its glory. Back in the day. But, I mean, that soundtrack, it was good. Yep. When you used to buy soundtracks after you watched a movie. But, yeah, I concur with Mortal Kombat coming out on HBO Max. All right. Well, that will wrap it up for today. Thank you, everyone, for listening. And we hope to uh, see you or hear from you again soon. As always, because this is a podcast, if you can like, follow, and subscribe, that will really help us out. Thank you very much. And goodbye. Bye, everyone.